Welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we speak with people in the school and those who've already left to find out what life there is really like. In this episode, Saskia Jordan speaks to former head girl Sophie and current head girl Florence or Flossie. Together, they all discuss their individual experiences as head girl, the Call It Out programme that was founded this year, life lessons that Ipswich School has taught them both, and they also have some valuable advice for the sixth form. So come with me while Saskia Jordan introduces our two guests for this episode. So hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School, where today we're talking about being in the prefect team and what this means. So we're joined by former head girl Sophie Coe and current head girl Florence. Welcome Sophie and Flossie. Hello. Hello. So before we start on our discussion, let me introduce both of you in a bit more detail. So several teachers and students have commented that you both have a drive for making our community a better place for all and that we will see your legacies live out in Ipswich School in the years to come. So Sophie, I quote, Every year as teachers, we suffer this horrible moment when we look at our year 13s with respect and affection and realise that just as they have reached their most witty, interesting and responsible selves, we have to say goodbye to them. I remember watching Sophie Coe deliver her lecture on why we should all be feminist with such pleasure but also with a pang of sadness. Why must they leave now? Sophie left a great legacy behind through not just her words, but her confident, intelligent example. I can see her influence in the poise of the year 13s we have today, and I can certainly see her legacy played out in our equality and diversity work. So Flossie, we feel here that we have our very own Hermione Granger at Ipswich School. And the same teacher says, I remember teaching Flossie in year eight and enjoying her enthusiasm immensely. She threw herself into every project. But I do remember worrying about her tact with other students in year eight, when during one lesson, she was adding the finishing touches to her brilliant piece of work. And she turned to the boy next to her and said, just like Hermione Granger, do you think you should have tried harder? Did I really say that? <laughs> you did. That's awful. I was so embarrassed by year eight self. I should never have said that. That's awful. <laughs> the teacher loved it. She said it was just like Hermione. She said uh, it was just like Hermione saying, actually, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> but we carry on. She says, just like Hermione, Flossie has matured into someone who could also run the Ministry of Magic one day. There is a fire for justice burning in Flossie and I'm excited to imagine a future world where women like her and Sophie are the leading, guiding lights. If I could just find a way to give them wands, the world would be safe and happy forever. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yes. That's so sweet. That's lovely. <laughs> so welcome. Sophie, let's start with what you did after, after Ipswich School. What happened next? After Ipswich School, I went to university to study English um, I did three years there and graduated mid-pandemic last year. And then after that, I went to work in marketing for a short while. And then now I work at the Daily Telegraph as a social media editor. So kind of come full circle back to kind of English and the things that, yeah, I've always loved. That's fantastic. And you were saying earlier that, that it's, it's very immediate what you do in social media. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much breaking news shift, really. When I'm on shift, if something breaks, I have to be, it has to be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram within minutes, seconds. So um, it's a it's a fast paced job. And I've only been in the virtual newsroom so far, but it won't be long before I'm like running around the newsroom in London. And yeah, it's all it's exciting. That is really exciting. Um, Flossie, what's next for you? Um, so I'm going to be going to the University of Birmingham to study music and Russian. 
And that's about as far as I, I know right now, because <laughs> I don't feel like the degree I've chosen, you know, channels me into a particular career path. So I'm really just excited to explore something new and to go somewhere new. Yeah, that, that's what's coming up. That sounds really exciting as well. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about being head girls. So you're both head girls who've been recognised, not just by teachers actually, but students I've spoken to, for inspiring others. What do you think are the most important deliverables for the prefect team? Sophie, what do you think? I think a lot of being a prefect is being okay to nag your friends because in many ways it's quite uncomfortable. You're in charge of a lot. You have duties to fill every day and you have people who don't want to be spending their break times doing lunch duty. But a lot of the kind of hard work of the job is being the kind of person that says, go on, kind of stand in the queue in the rain while everyone's queuing or <laughs> do the tuck shop or that kind of thing. And also just generally, obviously setting, setting an example, but in a way that's never kind of patronising or you feel like you're yeah, above anyone else. So lots to do with just the daily uh, responsibility that you carry in year 13. Yeah, although I should say that I do think the head girl and her boy get off a bit scot-free because we have, <laughs> as much as as much as it's obviously a like more important role, we have we have much less to do, I think, than the, than the like <laughs> other senior prefects. I don't know if you agree, Flossie. Maybe it's just my yeah. Own. I think that sometimes prefects can be tasked with quite practical responsibilities. You know, the kind of the everyday, the really important things. Whereas head girl and boy often have a responsibility of being able to oversee all of that with a bit of perspective and maybe have an overall vision for the school. But then the people that they are responsible for will enact that vision. So it can often seem when you're at the top, even though you're thinking a lot about what you want to see from the school, that you're not actually doing a lot of it. Um, and I feel like I have a guilty conscience and I always feel bad when I see people putting all this work and I want to be a part of it. But um, yeah, my prefect team has, have been amazing this year and such an unpredictable year. Yeah, Flossie, I have to say you're very good at acknowledging what others have done. Every time I speak to you about this is a great initiative, you always say, well, actually, I was, I was involved, but I didn't, <laughs> someone else did that. Yeah, I felt that a lot with, with a lot of those kind of social justice stuff that we've been doing recently, Consciousness Club, the Call It Out scheme, you know, people, people who aren't even prefects sometimes have played a huge role in shaping that. Um, and I feel like sometimes I'll be, I'll be part of it because I should be part of it, but I don't want to claim credit for the idea or for the running of the whole thing because, you know, so many people are involved and it's a really big collaborative project that everyone can be proud of. So can you tell us a little bit more about those things? Yeah, so the Call It Out scheme is something that, well, it's been released this year and I think it kind of encapsulates the journey that Ipswich School has been on in the last year. So. Obviously, you know, moving towards things like feminism and racial equality, etc., has been started for a long while. You know, you mentioned Sophie's lecture, which has inspired me so much. I remember when I was little and saw that. I mean, honestly, it did. That is my defining memory of you thinking she's so cool. I wish that I was like so her. Cool. Honestly, <laughs> oh, I was like, you. she's so cool. Um, but this year, I think because of international events, we mentioned this in one of the assemblies we did. You know, it has sparked probably the biggest wave of thinking about being conscious and thinking about what we say and the effect of it and what's okay and what isn't. So the call out scheme is effectively a way to report things that you think um, concern you, um, that you just don't have a good feeling about, but importantly to have a say in how that is dealt with. So rather than feeling like every time you heard a little comment you had to make the scary journey to speak to a member of staff, 
you're able to do that in a confidential manner that just, if anything, just brings you closure, just to know that you said something and just to shape the culture of Ipswich School to not be tolerant of that kind of language or that kind of behaviour. And Consciousness Club, it's something that my friend Angie founded. It is, well, what it sounds really, it is just a group of people who meet every week to talk about um, social justice issues or things on their mind or things that they feel are quite taboo topics um, for everyone to cast their perspective on. Um, and yeah, it's been really productive because otherwise you don't hear from those people, you know, you don't hear from those perspectives. So yeah, it's been an amazing project and she should be incredibly proud of it, as should the other girls who also founded it. That sounds great. Sophie, did you have any concept at the time that, that you were going to inspire the generations behind you? No, certainly not. I mean, to give a bit of background to what Floss was talking about, I did an EPQ in my the summer of my year 12. In fact, I wasn't going to do it. And at the last minute, I realised I wanted to do it and had to beg Miss Walker to let me join the programme. So it was actually almost didn't happen. And I did it on a kind of comparative study of um, fourth wave feminism with Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, who's an author and a writer, and um, the suffragette movement. And I I did the EPQ, absolutely loved doing it. It was like my favourite thing I ever did at school. Um, And then Miss Walker suggested that I did a lecture on it um, as part of one of the kind of, I think, academic excellence lecture series that they were doing. So, yeah, I kind of titled it Why We Should All Be Feminists. (laughs) Not a small topic. (laughs) But it was it was so it was definitely like my proudest moment at school. I, I absolutely loved it, but I had no idea that it was a kind of inspiration to other people. So you're sat there, you're listening and you still remember it now? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I remember um, one of the big memories I have is of the questions at the end and you got quite challenged. I think Mr. Rackham challenged you on something. And I remember you just like taking that in your stride and I was like, she's so cool. Look at her go. She's so cool. (laughs) It was was just a really good lecture. Oh, I mean, that's extremely kind. I, I remember being asked something along the lines of how easy is it to treat boys and girls equally in sport? when their athletic abilities and like the male and female bodies are so different Mm, and I remember getting that question and thinking I'm I'm just a school kid that's quite mean to kind of (laughs) but it it was a question of opportunity in the end and a question of actually it's not about treating everyone the same it's never about treating everyone the same but it's about giving everyone the same opportunities and um yeah I mean weird that I still remember that it was obviously a scarring moment (laughs) (laughs) so do you think so you were clearly put on the spot and had to think and rely on on your intelligence does that help in your job oh hugely I mean at uni anyway in, in tutorials and that kind of thing it was it was you need to have an answer and you need to have it now and it might not be right but it's important to just say what you think and then in the job now because we're working at such a fast fast pace in the newsroom every decision I make every tweet I put out I'm making those quick decisions and I have to trust what I think my intelligence rather than going to other people and saying what would you think about this which is what probably I would normally do that's that's really interesting so Flossie you talked a bit about um, having a vision as as head girl and the prefect team what what has been your vision um, my vision is probably that I just want Ipswich School to have a culture of kindness I know that sounds quite cliche but I think that's probably hitting it at the heart of it because I think there are lots of different social justice issues whether it's you know racism or sexism etc but you know I don't think that it's healthy to have classes for each of them and actually sometimes it's easier to broaden the whole topic as kindness and you know acknowledging each other's differences you know accepting each other's differences and making everyone feel safe because I think 
maybe this is just a case of maturity changing, but the kind of environment I feel like I'm in now in the sixth form with my prefect team is so different to what I felt like when I was in year seven. Um, and I know when you're in year seven, you're much more conscious and, you know, boys are sillier, but I think that we've come on such a journey and I really just want that to keep progressing and I want Ipswich School to be a place where everyone feels completely accepted and valued and for any kind of discrimination to be stamped out and I don't know if that sounds idealistic but I think we've made some amazing steps uh, in that direction already. So, Sophie does that tally with with when you were here? Yeah I mean it's it's amazing to hear and I wish I wish I had the foresight that Florence evidently has to kind of take strides in doing that. I mean, we had Will Johnston Wood in my year, he organised the fundraising week for the Syrian refugee crisis. And we had the kind of fem- the um, gender equality club going at the same time. So it was it was in motion when we were there. But yeah, I mean, it's taken on kind of leaps and bounds since, since we've gone. And, and that's just amazing to see. I think it would be wonderful if that culture could be nurtured more in younger years. And, and unfortunately, because yeah. of COVID in the last year, that kind of role model that I wanted to be and I know the senior prefects wanted to be maybe wasn't able to affect younger years so much because we just haven't seen them but you know clearly as I've said from that lecture six formers have a huge influence on younger children and and how they perceive themselves and their views and everything and so I think I really hope that next year's prefects and next year's head boy and girl can um, really enjoy that influence and make the most of it in in shaping that positive culture. So a difficult question for you now, for both of you, and don't know who wants to go first, what might you have done differently as head girls? Having seen what Flossie and and the year current sixth form have done, it's evident that there is an appetite for, for more and kind of really substantial change to how things are, are running and whilst the stuff we did was kind of a reaction to societal issues and a reaction to the Syrian refugee crisis, for example, I would have been trying to be more proactive and get there before, like, there's a huge scandal or everyone's talking about something. Because there there was clearly appetite for it within the teaching staff and within the the school. But I think I might have told myself that there wasn't because you assume that history's been that way for 400 years and that's how it stays. That's that's really interesting. Flossie, do you agree? Yeah, I'd say that's really similar to what I would have done because I think when I was appointed head girl, you will f- you will feel that privilege and you feel that like, oh my gosh, you know, I better I better do as I'm told. And you know, you go to the headmaster's breakfast and feel very much like the power dynamic isn't in your favour and that you know it's for you to 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 do what you're told to do. And it took me quite a long while to realise, no, actually, this is not just a privilege this is an opportunity for me to be proactive and for me to bring something to the table rather than just do what I'm told and I think that's a confidence thing but you know I I have recovered from that and I feel like both Charlie and I have become uh, more proactive as the year has progressed Uh, but there's definitely that sort of intimidation to begin with because you you don't want to put a foot out of line um, or do anything that's too radical um, in the in the first year. Talking about what you learn at school and I think you've touched on this, Sophie, when you said you, you've learned to think on your feet. Anything else that you think you've learned at school that stays with you through university into work? I think, firstly, obviously, the what I mentioned before about an ability to think on your feet, but also an ability just to go for things. Because it's very easy at school to think, oh, I won't join choir because I, th- I don't know if I'm good at singing or I won't, I won't join CCF because 
I'm, I'm not the kind of aggressive person that you would think would join CCF. And then I just did it. And that, that was the way I worked at school. And actually, once you get into the university and the working world, you realise that actually the majority of success or what most people would define as like great things are just from people stepping up and doing it. And actually, once you get into it, most people kind of have no idea what they're doing and are just muddling along anyway. And that the, the, there's no pressure to be amazingly prepared or be an expert at something before just saying, yeah, I'll do it. Because most of the things that have happened to me have just happened because I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, that's definitely something that was, I think, instilled at me at school. That's great advice. Plus, what about you? Yeah, I think I'm still learning that, to be honest, not to be so harsh on myself. I think that one thing that has changed in me from start to end of being at Ipswich School is probably learning to be more authentic to myself because I know it's quite normal for, particularly when you're in middle school, to sort of have a little identity crisis. But I think I really did and I think I've spent a lot of time, sort of a lot of wasted time trying to be someone I wasn't and then a lot more time trying to regain the sense of who I was before. And it just strikes me how you know, how important it is to be yourself. And as cliche as that sounds, you know, I've never felt so comfortable now in the sixth form feeling like the people around me, like my senior prefects, know who I am and like who I am and I don't have to put on a front. And I hope that I can take that, you know, into the future as well as trying to be less harsh on myself. Because the thing I was saying about Head Girl, you know, I know that there are things I could, have do, better, I could do better, but I think there are a lot of things I also criticize myself for a lot where I should just let it go so yeah those are two things to take take into yeah they talk a lot at the moment about the scourge of perfectionism which is is basically what you're saying that there is no such thing as being perfect Mm, do you agree yeah I think so but I'll agree with I'll agree with that and I'll tell my friends that it's a very different story when it's myself I think lots I of people feel you. Are like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And so Sophie, how how do we stop this? How do we stop trying to always have the perfect bar and to hold ourselves to it? I think it's a an exercise in being more authentic whether that's in real life or online and I think as Flossie said, it's very easy whether you're in the workplace or the school environment or even just among your friends to put up a front and pretend that everything's okay. And I mean, there's been huge kind of advances over the last few years in people admitting whether they're not okay or whether they're bad at something. And actually, I think being able to sit there with your friends and say, look, I'm really, I'm really struggling. Whether, whether it's just with a piece of work or whether it's with like your, your feeling in yourself or anything, just being authentic and telling people that, that it's not okay will never change anyone's view of you. And once you've done it once, you realise how actually people respect you so much more for being a normal person rather than actually pretending that everything's okay all the time and thinking, oh, yeah, that's Little Miss Perfect in the corner. You get much more authentic relationships that way. Do you agree, Flossie? Yeah, I think when when you can be quite insecure about yourself or when you always are a perfectionist, it's very easy to put other people on pedestals and to look at them and think, well, they've got everything figured out. And not just that, but when they mess up, it's almost like your brain can't compute how this person who is so supposedly perfect could have messed up. And you get even more hurt by it. So I think that's a big kind of life lesson to me, to not put people on pedestals, to realise that everyone is imperfect in some way, shape or form. And for it not to be out of the ordinary when they might do something wrong, God forbid, because we all do. Yeah, that's, that's probably a big thing I've taken away. 
that's really interesting. So my last quick fire questions for you. Favourite place to hang out at school? Flossie, where, where's the best place to hang out at school? I went to different places in different years. For me, I love going to the music school because that's just like my home. <laughs> it's just, I just love it there. You know, it's just really lovely being there. I love the sound of music everywhere. I love the comfy sofas. That's, that's my place, I'd say. That's your place. What about you, Sophie? Yeah, I, I agree with Floss. It kind of, you dot around the school in, your, in the years. We went from like, I remember in year eight, we were all in DT and then it was like the Loggia and then the sixth form centre. So Sophie, what I'm hearing from you is that your biggest advice is just to get stuck in. But what I'm interested in is that you manage to do that and you bring people with you. What's the secret? Oh, I don't, I mean, there's definitely not a secret, but I think generally it's cliche, but just being kind gets you a really long way and not pretending that, I mean, you're better than anyone else or you have just because you're different from someone else that you can't get along. The best thing that I got out of Ipswich school was my friends and how many people that I've stayed in touch with. And just, yeah, the relationships that you make with people across the whole of the school, whether it's like teachers or, yeah, your, your, your friends from your lessons or choir or drama or that, all that kind of thing. The best thing to come out with it is friends, because if you're kind to people and you, and you bring them along with you and you get people involved, I'm, I dragged all my friends to like Dead Poets Society. Who would do that? But I just I forced <laughs> them to come with me and they, and they did to put it on their CVs. But yeah, just taking people along with you for the ride and and being nice, basically. Being nice. And it seems to me like you made lots of different friends then, Sophie. I mean, I'm not sitting here being like, I have so many friends. (laughs) But it was just so nice to, it was a great kind of place to, yeah, meet everyone from across the school. And actually, I, I, I remember literally the day I found out that I got my offer from uni, I ran into my English classroom to tell Mrs. Rivington who was my English teacher at the time. And she was like, oh, that's amazing, well done. She had a class full of year sevens. And then later I was with all my friends walking down the like Lime Avenue, down to a lesson, and all these year sevens ran up to me and was like, well done on your uni offer. Well done, that's so cute. And and I just remember being like so happy that, that, that everyone, like despite the like head girl thing, you actually just do make friends with teachers and and you remember like pupils and everywhere from every kind of walk of school life and I'll I'll never forget that that's really funny (laughs) that offer would have been from Oxford I imagine yeah yeah it was a big big day big day oh and Flossie you have loads of really different friends would you say to your to the team behind you make friends and be nice yeah absolutely yeah I think in terms of the legacy just encouraging people to believe in themselves and uplift others and because when you do that when you are kind to other people you know they're kind back to you and you feel like you are constantly in a supportive environment I think when you're because you want to aim big obviously you want to follow your passions follow your dreams and you need people to root for you you need yourself to root for you and you need other people so if you can kind of silence the little insecure parts of you like the jealousy or the not wanting other people to do well or feeling like you don't measure up, if you can silence that as much as possible and you can really, really believe in other people and make them feel like they're supported, then I feel like that support will be reciprocated and that's probably the best place you could possibly be in year 13. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Well, that's that's the end of our episode. That's been fascinating talking to both of you. Uh, thank you so much and goodbye. That's okay. Thank so you. Speak to you. <laughs> 
So that was Sophie and Flossie. Thank you to both of you for coming on to this episode of the podcast. And if you have any questions following anything you've heard, then you can reach the school by visiting www.ipswitch.school. Now, if you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now is definitely the time to do it because then it just means that when the next episode comes out, you'll get a small notification on your phone or whatever device you use to let you know that it's available. And that just means then that you won't miss it. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.